0: Welcome. (laughs) Nice to see you. Thanks for tuning in. We have uh, our second class on the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, We got through the first chapter last week. And now the teachings will begin in this second chapter, the Bhagavad Gita philosophy. Uh, So we had a nice surprise this morning. It's very cool to have the extra people from across the pond. (laughs) Surprise, surprise me. Uh, What else is going on? Um, Aside from that, we're thinking about starting up, doing outdoor classes on the weekend, Saturday. So keep your, uh, keep your, your eyes and ears open for an announcement about having lead class outside at a park uh, while we're looking for a permanent a new place to to have classes indoors together so that's that's it for for now and yeah. ready for chanting everybody om tat sata. Om Shri Guru Venamaha. Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha. Om Shri Saraswati Namaha. Om One Day Guru Nam Charanarivinde. Sandarashita Swatma Sukhava Bodhe. Nishreyase Jangarikayamane. (laughs) samsara hala halamoha shantye abha karam shankha chakrasi darinam sahasra shirasam shvetam pranamami patanjalam swasti-prajabhya-paripalayantam nyayena-margena-mahi-mahi-saha go-brahmanibhya-sivamastu-nityam lukah-samastah-sukhino-bhavantu Shanti Shanti. Shanti Om. Namo Brahmavidhyo Brahmavidya Sampradaya Kartribhyo Namo Vamsarashibhyo Namo Mahadhyo Namo Gurubhyaya. Sarvo paplavara hita prajna ganapratigarto bram hai om tat sati karishi. Om Vasudevasutam Devam Kamsachanuram Ardhanam Devaki Paramanandam Krishnam Vande Jagat Gurum Atasi Pushpa Sankash Atasi Pushpa Sankasham Haranu Purashobitam Purasho bitam Krishnam vande jagat kurum Kutila lakasainuktam Purana chandra nibhananam Vila kundaladharam Krishnam vande jagat Mandara-gandha-sanyuktaṁ charu hasam bhujam vande jagat utpala Utpala-patma-patrākṣaṁ jivuta Yadavānām shīrō ratnam, krishnam vande jagat kurum, rukmenī keli sainyuktaṁ, pītām varasusho bhitam, avāptatula sigantam, krishnam vande jagat kurum, Kopikanam ka nam kuchadvandva kumkumankita bhakrasam krishnam vande jagat kurum mahoraskam vatsankam shankha chakra daram devam krishnam vande jagat gurum krishna idam punyam pratah rutayayap pate koti janmakritam papam Smadam eva vinashyati. <clears throat> Om Tat Sat. Okay, chapter two, Sankhya Yogaha. Sankhya Yogaha Karise. Samjaya Uvacha. Tam tata kripaya avastam ashru purna akalekshanam idam vakyam uvacha Madusudanaha. <clears throat> so you remember sanjaya is the advisor to the blind king, the blind king is it safely and comfortably in his palace, while the his son is leading their army uh, against uh, Krishna uh, and Arjuna's army. So, Sanjaya has the power of clairvoyance and the king has asked him, asked his advisor, Sanjaya, uh, to uh, relay what's going on out on the battlefield. So Sanjaya Uvacha, Sanjaya said, uh, he's describing what, what's going on out on the battlefield. Seeing Arjuna thus filled with compassion, his tearful eyes and melancholic mood Madhusudana, or Krishna, spoke the following words. So they use the word compassion, kripa. Uh, But you remember, Arjuna is actually, he's very upset. He's seeing his, uh, on the opposing side, he's seeing all these honorable people. Uh, teachers, uncles, relatives, and his cousins, his own cousins actually, you know, warring against him. Uh, And we have to remember when we're confused, we don't really have the right when our faculties are not balanced, our mental faculties are in disarray. We don't have that kind of capacity. Compassion is a is, is a sentiment that you f- feel when you have clarity, true compassion. When you have wisdom, then there's compassion. So his compassion is actually, it's a, for not wanting to kill his relatives is actually a confused, it's a state of ignorance and confusion, vikshepa, confused state but it's got him really upset, right? He's, he's got, his eyes are full of tears (laughs) and, uh, he's very, uh, deep upset despondent over the, this situation that he's put faced against. He's got to act, uh, in a way that seems, uh, not righteous, uh, so Krishna is going to give him some advice. He's going to, in the opening, uh, there's a few verses Krishna will speak, and then Arjuna is going to, <laughs> he's going to give a synopsis of his position again. So <clears throat> uh, yeah, There's nothing really interesting other than that uh, word, kripa. In this, this is just a Purna, a a Shru Purna, just his uh, filled with tears, his eyes are filled with tears. So, Ikshanam, Ikshanam, the eyes. Uh, Shri Bhagavan uvaca Kutusthwa Kashmalam Idam Bishame Samupastitam. Anarya Jushtam Aswargyam Akirtikaram Arjuna. So, Shri Krishna says, From where does this dejection come? At this critical, perilous moment, where we're here on the battlefield about to commence the fight, right? At this precarious moment, Where's this unworthy, unheavenly, unmentionable uh, attitude come from? Uh, He uses the word uh, unardia. You've heard of the ardians, right? Because the Germans use that word ardian. Uh, Ardian in the the Indian literature, an ardian is a person who's upright, Meaning their their mind is balanced, and they follow an inner sense of of right righteousness, or you know um, they don't act out of confusion. They, if they're uncertain about something, then what do you do when you don't know what to do? You have to take a moment to to wait for the insight of how to act come you don't just force like i want to do something i don't know what to do let me just uh, roll the dice and take my chances <laughs> that's not aryan behavior the aryan behavior is to meditate so to speak swallow your impulse your feeling of need to to act uh and wait for the guidance to arise inside of you to point you in the right direction, how to act. Otherwise you're forcing the action. I right, did we do this in our asana practice. We do this sometimes. Uh, you don't know what to do, but you feel like I need to do something. I need to do something. Uh, I better just do something then. And, uh, and then we, the, because the mind's in a state where it's not, Put together properly, then also be, you're forced to action, and you don't have the aptitude when your mind is imbalanced to manage the outcome of your action. So it's kind of twofold; it's a double-edged sword. You force the action out of a state of feeling like I need to, I need to do something, uh, and then you're not. You don't have the state of balance to handle the outcome of what you just initiated. Uh, swarga swarga is the word for heaven, Swartaga. So it's un- unheavenly. And, and then the next Krishna says, "Klybhyam Smagamaha Paratanaita mahar paratanaitat twayi upapadyate shudram radaya darbalam tiyatva utistha param tapa." Ah, uh, param is the one one of the names of for Arjuna. Uh, meaning he's, uh, at, uh, it, they translate it here, a scorcher of foes, tappa, right? Fire or the heat. He's he uh, a terror to his enemies. Uh, Partha is another name. Partha is used a lot in the different verses. So, O Partha, do not give into this fearful weakness. It does not suit you, O scorcher of foes. This lowly faint heartedness, drop it and stand up. The Tiaga, Tiaga, drop it. A Tiagi, this is a word that comes up later in the Bhagavad Gita, Tiagi versus a Sannyasi. So uh, the Sannyasi is the Swami, the one, the renunciate who he... He renounces doing things and puts puts on a robe. The tiagi, uh, the way Krishna is using the word, um, is more the spirit of the sannyasa. Is supposed to be like do things from a uh, have cultivated a level of non attachment, but the but the sannyasa is more like. Uh, he puts on the garb of the yogi or the garb of the renunciate. He wears the costume and, and renounces doing gives up his responsibility, so to speak of doing certain work uh, and becomes a renunciate, right? That means like, so he's no longer goes to work and pays the alimony and the <laughs> he doesn't pay the rent. He doesn't pay the, the mortgage payment or the child support. He's he's renounced on all the worldly duties. Uh, The Tiagi is the one, he's given up the personal attachment, not necessarily the, doesn't matter if the action is there or not. It's the, he's using the word, like you you really like from your heart, uh, from your soul, you don't have that sense of uh, uh, can ownership or your investment, like that that you feel personal need for something. So it, you need to give up this. You need to let go, drop it. The your attachment, your feeling of uh, all of the. The dichotomy of the situation you're in that you you need to fight for your right to to have what is yours to claim what is yours your kingdom, uh, but but you but you're concerned about on the other hand the the means to stand up for yourself that it's um, violent uh, and un uh, and What's the word like? Like sinful, you know. To to go after the the perpetrators of the people who are uh, mistreating mis who are stealing from you. <clears> oh <throat> Partha, give it up. The so Krishna is saying it's just a, a weak feebleness in your heart. He uses the word kalibium, which means. Uh, it's a pretty intense word. It means to be impotent. An impotent person has there's no virility, no no vigor, no energy, uh, no ability to manifest yourself into the world, to put your your will forward, and and claim your your niche in life, the clibium. Uh So. He, uh, Krishna uh, plays a lot of different roles. He he's, he's Arjuna's friend, but he's also his teacher. As his teacher, he's got to point out the faults, uh, which aren't always, it's not always nice, right? He's calling them Klaibyam. It's almost like kind of, <laughs> you stupid little fool, what are you thinking? Like, why are you letting this moment right now we're about to fight and and now you choose to to feel um faint hearted this is like the worst possible time you are about to like get demolished by our cousin your cousin's army this is not a good time to feel faint hearted uh, don't be so clodian about it stand up and drop drop your faint heartedness so arjuna's response he's going to Defend his position <laughs> a little bit, uh, which is going to make Krishna then deliver the have to deliver the teaching with more uh, details, more instruction, more clarity. So, Arjuna Uvacha katham aham sankye, dronam cha madusudana, ishubhif pratiyotsyami. Pujara Pujarha, Arisudana. So Bhishma uh, and Drona, these are like two of the big teachers from the other side. Bhishma is this man who he gave up uh, all sexual relations in order to protect his father. So his father could have what he wanted Um, because he, he wanted some woman uh, to be his queen, but that woman wanted her offspring to be the heirs. And, uh, but his father, the, the natural or the, the, the cultural law at the time is the eldest son is the, is the, natural heir to the father's um, wealth, right? So Bhishma was the eldest. And because there was already an eldest son, then the second wife, the woman that uh, his father wanted to have as another wife, her uh, progeny, her would never be uh, in line for the, wouldn't be in line for the inheritance. Um, So uh, Bhishma, uh, vowed that he would never have any offspring. He would never have those kinds of relations. So he would celibate his entire life from an early childhood, which made him incredibly strong. And he had the power, he has the power to choose his time of death. When death comes to him, he can make it wait. <laughs> That's how strong he is. So, and one of the things that happens at the end of the war, when they, they finally, cause he's on the opposing side to Arjuna and Krishna, he gets filled with arrows. They they slay him, but he, he has the power to choose his time of death. So he's lying out on the battlefield full of arrows, uh, but he doesn't die because it's the wrong time of year. <laughs> In the Indian system, they they see the energetic effect of, of the time when the sun is, the days are getting longer versus the other half of the year when the days are getting shorter. So they call it the northern path, right? Because when the days are getting longer, day by day, the sun is actually inching further north. And when the days are getting shorter, then the sun comes goes back south. That's why it gets hotter in the summer as the days are getting longer because the sun is lower in the sky in the winter. It's further south, lower in the sky. And so the angle of the sun is softer, gentler. So it's cooler. And then because the earth, as it goes around the sun, is at an angle, it's axis, right? It makes the sun, in the summertime, the sun hits further north. It comes more directly down on top of us So that time where the sun is going on the Northern course, that energy of increasing solar energy helps the, propel the the recently deceased soul in towards the heavenly realm. It gives like a rocket booster. And in this, when the sun is going in the southerly direction, it pulls the, the soul more towards the lower realms so he he was filled up with arrows and the, they were in the dakshinayana time the time where the sun is going southernly dakshina southernly dakshinayana uh, and he waited until the sun crossed its uh, solstice period you know it's winter solstice and started going north again So strong so much veda that's the word veda when you have the what do you get when you have when you don't when you hold your sexual energy which is like the it's the most primordial the most intense concentrated energy in the life, the physiological life structure, right? That can produce another life for another soul to enter into. So to con- have control of that, those impulses, those sexual impulses, and to, to the point where you can keep that energy inside your body, creates a lot of vira, vira baha lots of strength and energy. Uh, so, so Arjuna is saying his, his teacher, the, the patriarch of the family is old, one of the oldest ones in the family at this point, Bhishma and Drona, and Drona was the archery teacher, Drona's the archery teacher, so you don't want to go kill your teacher, do you? <laughs> You can imagine, you know, it's understandable he's having these doubts, right? To have he's put up in a position where these people are on the opposing side, and it's not not easy. But somehow these these two people, even though they're they're respectable, right? Arjuna has so much respect and admiration for them, right? And part of that is because they're wise. They have wisdom, and we have to think about like what is a wise person doing, being on the the side of the evildoers, and fighting against the people who are on the side of uh, Dharma. Arjuna and his side of the fight—they're justified to defend their position. It's the the brothers, the his cousins, the um, Doriotina, the dirty fighter, right? Doriotina means dirty fighter. He's he's a underhanded, backhanded fighter, uh, doing all kinds of you know, uh, not not fair things. Um, why why would these why people who are have wisdom? Why would they be on that side? So Krishna is going to talk about some of the things uh, to help Arjuna understand, you know, to, to gain that kind of wisdom that these two have that enables them to play out the role that they're in without feeling a sense of right and wrong about it and letting that sense of right and wrong confuse, confuse their minds that's what's happening with Arjuna right now. His sense of right and wrong, his, his projection about what is right and what is wrong. It's not right to fight these wise people, these um, teachers and these relatives of mine. That's not right, right? I mean, common the common person has that uh, value system that that's not a, a right thing to do, uh, which is normal. But the, the person who has a higher perspective sees things uh, on a deeper level. They have, then we say they have wisdom, right? Uh, so let's see what Krishna says. First, we have to listen to Arjuna cry a little more because he's stuck in right and wrong. That's the thing, same thing that happened. You remember the story with the dice, the Yudhishthira? His, from yes, uh, last week uh, and why Krishna didn't come help Yudhishthira uh, when he was being um, tricked into playing dice and losing the kingdom and, and whatnot. Uh, part of that reason, he, he was stuck on this idea of right and wrong and that caused his mind to be confused and then he was ashamed of doing something that he was had this idea it's not right and so his mind was imbalanced and he didn't want Krishna to know what he was doing so he never asked for help because inside he was feeling a little ashamed and that's that's that how that when you have too strong a belief in an, a pre-concluded a, a, a pre you know like a pre-packaged idea of what right behavior and wrong behavior is then it clouds your vision. So the interesting thing right then is that Duryodhana, he wasn't caught up in what's right and what's wrong. He was just engaged in what he was doing. So he had the clarity to seek the help and to organize his team and and attack because his mind was, was focused. Whereas Yudhishthira's mind became clouded and unfocused because this attachment to uh, an external idea of right and wrong. Same thing happening to Arjuna right now. There's no right and wrong. Karma ashukla krishna yoginaha Itare sham, four, seven from the Yoga Sutras. This, there's no black and white for the yogi, only for the other people. Hi, Christina. Okay. Oh, this chanting is harder. Okay, the long, longer uh, verse. Guru uh, Gurun hatwa himahnu bhavan svayobhuktum baijan api haloke hatwa arthakamams. So Arjuna continues, It's better to lead the life of a beggar in this world than to kill these great souls who are my teachers and superiors. If I kill them, my enjoyment of wealth and, ple- and desires in this world will be stained with blood. Nachaitad vidma kataran no gari yadva jaema yadiva no jae yuhu yaaneva hatva najajivas shamas te avastita pramuke dhartharashtraha Whether we should conquer them or they conquer us, I don't know which would be better. Certainly by killing the sons of Dhritarashtra, we would not wish to live. Yet they are right now standing in front of us in the battlefield. So one thing that's happening is Arjuna, he's realizing he doesn't know what the right thing to do is. I do not know. So this is a good thing. If you can, right? He had, at first it's this position like, oh, I don't want to do this. This is not right. Now he's like, well, I don't actually know what, what's right. What's better. Uh, Karapanya dosha upahata svabhava prachami Twam dharma samudchetaha. Yat shreya syan me shishyaste aham shadimam tvam prapannam. Afflicted with the impurity of meekness and confused in my heart as to my duty, I am beseeching you to tell me clearly, tell me clearly what is in my interest, what I am your disciple. Right, so he realizes he doesn't know, right? So he's, when you when you give up your ideas, you realize, okay, my confusion is I'm confused. I don't actually know. And that's why I'm confused. So that's the turning point where you're gonna be able to ask for help. Uh, I'm your disciple, right? So he he's surrendering. Uh, please do instruct me. I've taken refuge in you. So he's giving up uh, and asking before he's just telling, he's just crying and telling Krishna, right? And that's the, right? So Krishna, he plays a a nurturing role, like a mother to Arjuna to help him feel safe enough to kind of come around and get into these deeper, get more in touch with himself. Like before he was just confused and he was, in that level of the confusion, and Krishna's loving presence there allowed him, you know, accepting Arjuna and telling, him, "You're confused. Why are you doing this?" And uh, but giving him that safe space to to sink into himself and realize, like, he needs guidance. He needs guidance. So he's asked for guidance. Nahi prapashyami, mama, apanudyat, yachokam uchoshanam, indriyanam, avapya bhuma, asapatnam, riddham, rajam, suranam, apicha, adipatyam. I do not find any remedy to the grief that parches my senses. Though I were to gain, if I were to gain unrivaled and prosperous uh, monarchy on the earth or or even lordship of the gods. Uh, Suranam. Right? If he can become kingly, Rajam, on this earth or of the gods, he could become the lord of the gods, Adipatya. Even that, you know, that's not, uh, that doesn't seem to him to be anything that would relieve his grief. Samjaya Uvacha eva muktva hrsi kesham gudha kesha paramtapa nayotsya eti govindam uktva tushnim babhuvaha. So Sanjaya tells the blind, Dhritarashtra King, having thus addressed uh, addressed Rishikesha the uh, Krishna, uh, Gudekesha, uh, another a name for Arjuna, Arjuna said, "Govinda, the Knower of Destiny, Govinda, I will not fight," and he became silent. Arjuna became silent. This is the the way Sanjaya is relaying it to uh, Dhritarashtra. Uh, Rishikesha, Rishikesha is Lord of Mind and Senses, Krishna. Right? Uh, Gudakesha is the conqueror of sleep. That's Arjuna. Right? Arjuna is not just some somebody want to be warrior. I want to be cool. I want to be a warrior. He's like actually a real warrior. He's been trained. He's like top student, top warrior. Uh, It's not, he's not the kind of person who would, uh, retreat from, uh, from a challenge or a fight. He's, uh, he's got the right stuff to take on the situation. Um, they're using these words, right? To indicate the nature, the character of the people that are involved in this situation. And he he's asking Krishna, who he addresses as Govinda, right, he's telling this, the knower of destinies, the one who has uh, control He's Lord of his own mind and senses and he knows the destiny of others. So he's the, he's taken refuge in Krishna. If I'm your disciple, Krishna, I take refuge in you. Please tell me what to do uh, right now. I will not fight, uh, but uh, I want to hear what your advice is. Right, uh, The Lord of senses and the knower of de- destiny is qualified, right? If you know, that's like having the uh, being able to see the future, right? The know of the destiny. So he's the one who's able to to guide you through what you need to do in the situation. All right? We all want our teacher to have that second sight that they they can. You ask what to bring your problems to them, and then they can because of their clairvoyance. You're hoping your teacher has clairvoyance <laughs> and they can pinpoint what the problem is and what the remedy is and guide you. Uh, so that's the kind of person Krishna is being portrayed as. prahasan eva bharata senor ubayor matye vishidantam idambachaha. So Sanjay is still talking. Tirtarashtra, yeah. at that time amidst the battlefield, with a gentle smile, Krishna spoke the following words to the poor grief-stricken Arjuna. Uh, so Krishna has a smile. So Krishna is not, Krishna is not, being sucked into the the drama that Arjuna is suffering, and also, you know, when the when the teacher has a when somebody has a smile, it's like they they see beyond the present situation. Oh my, my back hurts, and Guruji would always be laughing, right? Because he's been there, done that, and he knows. You know, this is normal. We have uh, set we have pains and setbacks in our practice, and you just keep practicing and all is coming, right? So he has a kind of smile to himself or a chuckle, you know, an outward chuckle actually, a lot of the time about these problems that the people are presenting to him all the time. And that, that's what this smile is telling us, that Krishna, he's not worried. He knows it's all gonna be okay. But he has to do, he has to play the role and he has to nurture and teach and bring Arjuna's senses back to balance and, and awaken to the wisdom again. Sri Bhagavan Uvacha Ashochan Anabashochastwam Pragnava Dam shri krishna Sri bhagavan said you grieve for those who do not need to be grieved for so here comes the teachings yet you speak words of wisdom right he was speaking in memory in the first chapter, he's oh, if we kill the family, if the families get ruined, then everything goes to hell in a handbasket, right? He's speaking all these like uh, truths, truisms, right? But but a true wise person grieves neither for the living nor for the dead. So you, you're speaking these words of wisdom, but you're not actually wise. <laughs> you're a wise person would not be grieving, would not be so disturbed. An upset. Natu eva aham jatu nasam natvam na ime janadipaha na caiva sarve vayam atavparam Neither I, nor you, nor any of these ruling princes Right? The prince is on the other side. Uh, we're, none of us were ever, didn't exist before and nor will any of us ever cease to exist in the future. Huh? So it's interesting. I think it's, it's very significant as we read through the next few verses uh, in Krishna doesn't use a word for the soul. At one, in one of the verses coming up, I think it was like 17 or 16 or 14 or he uses the word indweller, but he only used it one time, indweller. So he's not using the word Atman. When I, you read the, the translations, they're using the word Atman. And I started to use the word soul and I realized like, you know, there's actually, Krishna's not using a word. He's not uh, for, for the, he's not using the word Atman. He's not using any word actually. The closest thing is the one in one of the verses, he says the indweller, the one who's embodied actually is what he says. The, the sharida, the word for body, Right, the one who's in the body. Um, because the the truth of being is beyond word and form. You start putting words on it, naming it, and it becomes another thing rather than the absolute truth, that's that the way it struck me. That he had wisdom, the wisdom to not uh, overuse a word to indicate something that is beyond words. He talked about, he described characteristics of it, but, but not once you name something, then the mind, the cognitive mind, the intellect, has a package it can hold on to and then become blinded by the the, the infinite nature that the word is actually supposed to uh, be relating to, conveying, right? We look at the finite package of the word. So so neither I nor any of these ruling princesses were ever non-existent before, nor shall we ever cease to be in the future. So why are you crying? There, You have to look deeper into the nature of who we are and who they are. Dehi no Asminyata dehe karmaram yavanam jada tata deha antar Just as the embodied soul passes from childhood to youth to old age, it also passes from one body to another. The steady minded is thereby undisturbed. When I was a kid, I wanted to be older. Anybody else? Did you ever have that thought? <laughs> and then still, like, from, for the most part, I feel like I'm the same person I was when I was uh, just, you know, crawling around on my knees. Uh, so he's saying, right, It just like when you go from childhood to youth, old age right that that soul is traveling as the body is changing right? it also exists and travels beyond this body. So if we're, our mind is is more connected to the, the thing that's constant inside of us, then it's easier to weather the things that change around us that we can't control. How much can we control our environment? We can control the material aspects of our environment maybe pretty well nowadays especially, but we can't control the behavior of our, the people around us And that trips us up a lot. Not me, of course. That's why I'm, I'm just kidding. (sighs) Alexis, you don't have a comment, you're just trying to do the chanting, are you? Okay, I'm gonna go to the next slide. Matraspars to Kanteya Shitoshna sukadukada Duka Agama Paino Anitya Tams Titiqsaswabharata This chanting is a little bit hard. <laughs> a lot of chanting to try to get the mouth to work on. Uh, so matra the contact with the senses. Heat and cold, pleasure and pain arise merely because of contact with the senses and the sense objects. They are fleeting. They come and they go. Therefore, O oh Arjuna, try to tolerate them. You must tolerate them. Yam hina vyata yanti ete purusham purushar shabha purushar shabha, purushar shabha samaduka sukadiram so amritvaya kalpate Chief among men, purush... Purusharshaba, chief among men, the one who is not disturbed by these, someone who's not disturbed by these things that are always changing, contacting our senses, that person who remains balanced amidst discomfort and pleasure, that person is fit for immortality. So this is the thing, actually, what Patanjali teaches us. The purpose of doing asana practice is to get grounded in this relationship with the the manifest, which is constantly uh, cycling back and forth between dukkha and sukha. You have an appetite and everything is tastes good to you and then you're sick and everything and that thought of eating those things repulses you. <laughs> uh, you know, what's good at one time is not good at another time. You have a lot of money and then the stock market crashes and then your stocks aren't worth anything. Such a horrible dukkha experience. Right. And then the stock market turns back around. It's such a Suka experience. It's all just on paper. Come on, guys. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter until you try to go cash it out. Um, so to be Dita, to have that stability amidst the ups and downs, and besides, uh even though these things might matter. On a certain level, right? the the soul, right? When, when that passing through childhood, youth, and old age, the soul is not affected. Only the, the body and the material is affected by these things. Uh, right? That's why some people can be in prison and they can pull themselves together and they can make good use of the time that they have in prison and they can enrich themselves and reform themselves because even though it's a harsh environment, uh, it's not a pleasurable environment in the prison, right? But they're able to overcome that and find the stability of their own sense, their own inner sense, find that stability, and then apply themselves to cultivate themselves with that time they have versus uh, churning, churning, churning over, you know, like what they don't have uh, or what they have that they don't like, uh, all these different things. It's too cold, it's too hard. Uh, I just wanna kick that guy's ass. Or, you know, instead of being sucked into all the different dramas, there's always a drama that you could allow yourself to get sucked into. Always a drama. There's never an opportunity where your mind can't invent a drama to get drawn into. And for your life energy, your time and energy to get spent on something that's not going to take you anywhere. But if you have the dhiram to remain sama, equal, to remain balanced, sukha dhiram, get, get established, get steady in the even-mindedness between the dukkha and the suka, right? So when we're doing asanas, right? Especially when it's vin, when there's vinyasa, there's a movement that comes after the asana, as soon as it becomes uncomfortable, right? We, we go, oh, I just come out of the pose now and go to the next thing. <laughs> so it's actually, you know, um, we get strong, we do lots of asanas, but sitting, in uh, one position, doing one pose for a long time, it right, makes us have to kind of confront this. It starts to get uncomfortable. Right? If we, if you're, if you ever take Iyengar classes back 25, 30 years ago, I used to take all kinds of different classes, and then you have to stay in these poses for a long time, and it's really hard, right? And so your your mind is confronting the discomfort of being in the pose and trying to figure out how to let go of the little, <laughs> this is uncomfortable. <laughs> My thighs are burning. <laughs> right. And you're trying to figure out how to find that sense of grace, right. Amidst the uh, discomfort, especially, you know, cause I was young and I was a guy and I have an ego, right. Uh, I have some sense of pride. Right. So I don't want to be seen as like, uh, I'm a, I'm a pussy. Right. So uh, in a certain way, you know, the, the negative trait had a positive caused me, inspired me or drove me, impelled me to cultivate some positive qualities. Uh, But it's not the best motive. Right. But still, at least, you know, I'm cultivating and trying to put on the poker face and, Hold that virabhadrasana, you know, until the teacher says you can come out of it. Because I don't want to be the one that comes out of it, you know, before the teacher says. And then say, oh, he's not strong. <laughs> uh, so the asana practice has this aspect of it that's very important to get us established in learning how to cope with discomfort. And this makes gives our mind a much stronger ability to remain focused. So it's the basis for having steadiness of, of focus, right? In life, whether like from day to day, you have a goal, um, and you're able to stay focused on the goal uh, because you're not you're not seeking pleasure. So because different opportunities will come up uh, to do different things, but you're able to stay mindful of your intent to pursue the thing that uh, you originally set out to do. So your course in, in life is not wavering. Or when you're talking uh, to somebody like, so the pain in my legs as I'm sitting in Lotus, right? uh, can become a distraction for me trying to talk to you. Uh, And that can same kind of type of thing can happen when you're having conversations with people. If you start to feel fidgety, right? Then your minds can't be present with the thing that you're trying to engage with anymore. So we train ourselves to learn how to breathe smoothly and stay focused on the steadiness of breathing, the steadiness of softness in the eyes and face, so that these things that come up, which will come, and they're temporary, they don't stay. These things come and they go, they're fleeting. One of the words he used was fleeting. They are fleeting, they come and go. So you just need to be patient and bear it until the next cycle of energy emerges and the sensations are different. So it's going back and forth between dukkha and sukkha. We're on 16th? Yeah, 16th. Na sato vidyate bhavah Na abavo vidyate sataha Ubayor apidrishto antas Tu anayos tavadrish darish darishabhihi Tu anayos tatva Na sato vidyate bavaha Na bavo vidyate sataha Ubayor apidrishto anṭhās Tuanayos tatva darshabihi Na sato vidyate bavaha Na bavo vidyate sataha Ubayor apidrishto anṭhās Tu anayos tattva The unreal has no existence. Asato. Na asato vidyate bhavaha. The real never ceases to be. Na abhava vidyate sataha. The truth about both has been realized by the seers. Uh Darsha bihi. So Darsh, Darshi. So this principle tattva, this truth, right? Darsha uh like a darshana. This means not just that the the seers saw but the Tattva Darshi Darshabih with with having darshana you can realize this for yourself. It means it can be verified. So it's part of why we're pursuing yoga right? and becoming more clear with ourselves in our yoga practice and, uh, and how we relate to things out in the world during the ordinary rest of our life, right? Because the yoga practice is only on the mat for a couple hours. There's like 20 other hours of the day. 22 other hours of the day. Uh, that's the more important time. How we function, how we perceive, how we, how we respond during the other times of the day. Uh, if you're only enlightened while you're on your yoga mat, and then you're a jerk or a basket case the rest of the time. Uh, you're just using the yoga mat time as a escape from yourself being a basket case or being a jerk, uh, but you're not trying to create a evolution in your relationship with how you live your life, then uh, it's a dead end. It's not going anywhere, right? Um, So we're trying to cultivate ourselves to have a deeper perception so we can verify these things for ourselves, not just take it on faith, what the supposedly that the seers are telling us. And if we cultivate our meditation, the quietness of our mind and the depth of our, of our own direct perception, then we can have our own darshana. And with our own darshana, uh, realize deeper and deeper truths about the nature of existence. Asato, not the untruth, and and sat, the truth. Is is Arjuna's uh, drama, asat or sat? Most of the the thinking that our mind is engaged in, is it asat or sat? You can unmute. Yeah. Asat. Yeah. So like the, Importance of Krishna not using overusing a word to refer to the soul or to refer to the truth of your being, because that word will become an asat in your mind. It will get used in the asat functioning of the mind, the false thinking. And the mind will cling onto it, grasp onto it, and create an idol. Right. And then it's and then the idol is not the, the thing that it's supposed to be helping you to, to look to have the, the darshana, the experience. Na sato vidyate bhava Na bavo vidyate sataha Uvayor apidrishto antas <laughs> Tu anayos tattva darshabihi It's cool how they can use this almost like the same words and they, they switched uh, let's switch the words around a little bit you know and uh, and turn one into bubba and aboveba so exists and doesn't exist so and they're saying not not exist right the truth does not not exist the the not truth, does not exist, yeah. But the truth does not not exist. It's very easy to be poetic for these Sanskrit uh, composers. The the nature of the the rhythm of the words: Nasato vidite Na vidite Antara is internal antas which one you see that oh, antas uh, no antas is end uh antas anta is end antar yeah antas is inside let me look what this what the my book says that's why i have it here actually To reference. They're using it here to mean end, the final truth. Drishta, uh, where where does it start? It starts with Ubayor, the the two, Api also. These two truths. The truth about uh, both, right, here it says both, meaning that comes from Ubayor, both. Uh, also, api uh, the seen, or has been seen. Drishta, Ubayor api antas. So yeah, it's just, it's being used to refer to the, the ultimate truth here it says final truth but i think uh, it'd be better if it said the ultimate truth versus final truth indeed of these tattva that should be he ah so they're not even saying they're not even using the word seers not realized by the seers that's not actually really what it's saying. I mean, it could be in, translated that way, but uh, but but I think uh, it's better for us as practitioners to think of it as can be, can be. We can have our own uh, darshana. It, it it's something that can be verified. It it can be witnessed. By witnessing it, you can know it. Yeah. But it's the seers who told us <laughs> this truth. You can know it. Yeah. So they're not incorrect. Yeah. Ah. Avinashi tutadvidti yena sarvam idam tatam vinasham avyavyasya asya nakaschit karatum arhati Know that which pervades, pervades all this to be indestructible. No one can cause destruction of the immutable. Nothing can cause destruction. Nothing can... Nothing can be the cause of its destruction. If it gets destroyed, it's not by any of us causing it. Antavanta ime deha nityasya ukta sharirina anashino aprameyasya tasmatyudhyasi wa these physical bodies of the eternal indestructible and immeasurable embodied one they come to, comes to an end the physical bodies come to an end uh, because of that obarata oh you should fight the body is going to die anyways And the one who's embodied, sharirinaha, is eternal, nitasya, uh, indestructible, anashinaha, and immeasurable, aprameya, aprameya. Because of that, tasmat, yudyasva, o Bharata. You should fight because of that. So just, uh, right, Bhishma and Drona, the two top uh, warriors on the other side, Drona was his teacher and Bhishma is the 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 celibate eldest um, uh, patriarch on that side of the family. Arjuna was citing them. And these guys are full of wisdom, but yet they're, They're not confused by the role they're being asked to play, that they have to fight their own family. They just, it's just, it's just, you know, life. You just do what's asked of you in life. Uh, And this is the philosophy uh, that Krishna is trying to transmit to Arjuna. That the body is temporal. It's gonna go through all kinds of different things. And these are experiences that the soul, which is indestructible, it's eternal. It's immeasurable. You can't measure the limit of the soul or or the the embodied one, actually. The sharirinaha. Doesn't use the word soul. He just says that which is embodied. What is embodied? Is it a soul or is it just an energy? Like Sadhguru, I love it. He says, he calls us a piece of life. Like like the ocean, it's just it's just an immensity of life, right? and you're just one piece of it. You're just one wave of the ocean. You're just one portion, but your boundary is actually immeasurable. If you start looking into your your nature and the content and the mem- everything of yourself, we can't find a boundary to it nobody exhausts their their creativity nobody exhausts their learning about themselves uh, i was listening to another guy adya shanti the other day um, And he's he said you even though you, you are the infinity you're becoming the infinity at the same time. Like we're it's a constant, like the part of us that that's able to to think and have a sense of identity is finite. And and that part of us is able to kind of go, oh, there's a little bit more of myself. Oh, and more. So even though you're really connected to the whole of infinity there's a there's an ever expanding process to our consciousness that's taking and reaching more and you can have like maybe some aha moments where you think you have a sense of being infinite but even you know your your sense what you're able to cognize as being infinite is can never be infinitely infinite there's always a, a, a capacity, a, there's always a potential to become more infinite or to cognize, become more conscious of more of the infinity because that's the nature of infinity. It's immeasurable, it's boundless. There's no limit to it. Um, but we're in the body and, we're, and we get to have an experience. And how cool is that? That we get to experience all these things. A broken toe, winning the lottery, all these cool experiences. Having a having a nice girlfriend, having a, <laughs> a difficult, challenging girlfriend. So many cool experiences, right? and we we're learning right. That that's part of our development of coming to know more about uh, infinity in ourselves crashing out of asanas, where are we at? Oh, so because of this, right? It's just the infinity having an experience of finiteness because of that Bharata, just go ahead and do what life is presenting to you to do. This is, you've been cultured, you've been born, you've been trained yourself you're like superb fighter you've whole life has prepared you for this moment so just do it you're going to be victorious probably because you're one of the best and you have krishna as your charioteer so uh we just a couple more and then uh that'll be enough for today so this will kind of uh resolve itself to uh Nutshell of, of teaching. Any questions or anything to add? Anybody? Huh? Alexis? You're on mute. Yeah. Because of these lines, um, like okay. non like Hindu people. Okay criticize guitar as they encourage the war and stuff uh, <laughs> I'm not familiar with criticism of, of that yeah? Oh, Yeah Can you tell me more about what you've heard? Yeah, because it says um, I don't want to war, make a war and then God encourage a pe- person to fight and make a war right <laughs> the Leo war the, the, the fight fight yeah the the, fight. what kind of war did you say a little war the Leo, the actual actual war a real war yeah yeah yeah. Huh. so people yeah. people criticize guitar because of that reason yeah, I could see that. Yeah, what do you... I could even jump on board with that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not pro-war, that's for sure. But if we take it as a metaphor, um, doing things that are difficult and helping us to go beyond being stuck on, on ideas of right and wrong... Um, but yeah it might be a little bit beyond where I'm at right now to really fully uh, you know I'm not one to to promote causing stirring things up typically so uh, I'm the I'm the kid who signed up for the conscientious objector (laughs) that means like when I was, uh, became 18 and you're supposed to sign up for a draft. So if there's ever a draft, you're on the list, you're supposed to put your name, you're supposed to register when you become 18 uh, that, okay, I'm 18, I'm of age. If there's a need for a draft for, to draft citizens into the army for a purpose of, uh, you know, I'm on the list now, so you can draft me. Um, and I signed I when I, I filled out the card and I put conscientious objector, meaning I I have a con my conscious subjects to the idea of violence. So I'm not I'm I'm not uh, willfully agreeing to be drafted for war purposes. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Tatiana, you look like you have a comment. Please share what's on your mind. Do you think it means um not the word fight, but like take a stand yeah it can it can be that. and also remember like uh art position is they're defending their right. they're defending what's rightfully theirs. But that can be like, like conversation, right? Like like I have a conversation with you where I'm defending, right? Or I'm trying to change your opinion maybe or state my opinion, right? It doesn't have to be physical fight. It can be any kind of situation, yeah. including what you just said, yeah. And and any other thing you can, your imagination can think of. That's the, the kind of metaphorical way to place this. Denise? I, this is very encouraging for me, like when I first learned it, that that tells Arjuna that he has to fight, because when there is a challenge, like when I'm, when I'm like, why isn't it so easy? Like, why does life have to be so hard? Kind of, you know, I'm like, oh, because I have to fight because this is why we're here for. Um, I mean, that, that just reminds me. And then I, I remind, I remind myself that I'm, you know, on the right path that I have to do what yeah. It takes. I mean, you know, where do you draw the line? Like I got to go kill the broccoli to feed myself tonight. That's, you know, there's all kinds, you can't avoid having conflict. There's no existing in this dimension without taking from something. Right. And if you're the one being taken from for somebody else's existence, you're not just going to surrender and let them take you. You're going to fight. That's this nature, the the natural instinct to preserve self-preservation. And very interestingly, actually, I saw an animal documentary video, just a short YouTube thing, like five, 10 minutes long. And it's showing, first thing was they showed ants and how They've evolved like with weapons. And there's some ant colonies that don't have their own colonies. They go and they they pillage the colonies, other colonies. And they. if your colony is rich, it's prolific, you're gonna be, you have much higher risk of, of being a target by these uh, wandering homeless ant colonies. I was like, holy cow, this is like, this is totally human behavior. This is what humans are doing, right? If you don't have, if you're poor, if you're a poor ant colony, you're just getting by, you're less, the odds are, are less likely you're gonna get targeted. i was like, wow, what? And basically they're talking about food supply, you know, their storage of food. That's their wealth, you know. So uh, nomadic ant colony, they they sense they they spot you. Know, you're a rich colony. They they're gonna come in and try to get it. It's like <laughs> I know, like eagles are are excellent thieves. That they'll um, they're not as as skillful hunters is the, uh, what are they called? The um, osprey. Osprey are super skillful fishers. Not, Not hunter, I'm talking fishing, fishing hunting. And sometimes you can see the bald eagles waiting, watching the osprey. And instead of doing the work themselves to hunt it themselves, they wait for the osprey to catch. And then because they're so much faster and stronger, they come in and they just take the fish from the osprey. <laughs> I'm like, when I learned about that, I'm like, that is so fitting because the eagle is our totem as America <laughs> and our imperialistic attitude and behavior in the world of, uh, you know, wanting the resources. And I was like, oh my god. Uh, so, anyways, I thought, yeah, this is interesting that. And there was another example of um, uh, chimpanzees, a chimpanzee tribe that they s- separated into two f- factions. And then one faction came back and attacked the other one. And, and they were killing the, the, the males and taking the, the kids and the women. <laughs> That's too familiar sounding to me. I'm like, come on. Don't tell me this stuff. Don't tell me this is natural. I don't want to believe that. This upsets my sense of right and wrong. <laughs> uh, how do we get? How do we get here? Yeah. So you're you're asking uh, if if you can remember Alexis to send me maybe uh, a referenced. Because people making. Uh, oh, it was me. or making is you making the criticism? No, I was bummed when I first uh, read the Gita uh-huh. first time in my uh-huh. life. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what is yeah. talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Krishna, he's Krishna is not invoking a war to go attack and be the aggressor. He's in he's supporting the war as from the defender side. But he was willing to, he he supported both sides. He gave his own army to the opposing side. He, he said, You you can choose, you want me or you want my army. Doryodana, of course, wanted the army, because that's obviously more powerful than one person. And Arjuna was like, Great. I get my friend on my side, so. Uh, Is that that good for, for today? Should we stop here? I think we should stop here. We'll pick up at 219 next time. I only had a couple more in here. Anyway, so, <laughs> Om Tat Om Swasti Prajabya Paripalayantam, Myayinam Margina Mihi Meishaha, Go Brahmanibhya Nityam, Lokaha Samastaha, Sukhino bhavantu. Kale varasatu prajanyaha prativisasyasya shalani. Desho yangshobaritaha brahmana santu nirbhyaha. Aputra putrina santu putrina santu pautrinaha. Adhanas adhanasantu jivantu sardam shatam sarve sham swastir bhavatu, sarve sham shantir bhavatu, sarve sham purnam bhavatu, sarve sham mangalam bhavatu, sarve bhavantu sukhinah, sarve santu niramayah, sarve badrani pashyantu, ma <makes> kaschit dukababavet om shanti shanti hi. om asato ma sadgamaya jyotirgamaya your ma amrutangamaya om shanti 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 om purna purnamidam Purnat purna purnasya purnamadaya o name va om shanti 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 om tat sat brahma arpa